So can you see it? Can you see it in your mind's eye? All the things that Christ went through? What he did for you and for me? At the cross, we, saw, we see four sets of eyes that are watching Christ. Three of them, I think, describe us at any given time. The first set of eyes is the eyes of the spectator, the bystander. In the passage that we just heard, these folks were standing there looking for a sign. Maybe they were skeptics. Maybe they were just sign watchers. But these people certainly had eyes that were blind. As Christ stood there on that cross, lifting up and down, trying to breathe before his last breath, he says, Eloi, Eloi, lemma sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But these people don't hear that. They hear maybe he's crying out for Elijah. Let's go get him something to drink. One runs off, comes back. But then they say, wait, let's see if Elijah shows up. They're all about the spectacle. They're all about the spectating. They are face to face with Jesus. But they don't see him. They hear Jesus' words, but they don't understand him. The spectators were looking for a sign. For the last three hours, it has been pitch black in the middle of the day. But the darkness that descended on the world was the darkness that those spectators lived in. Ernest Shackelford was an adventurer and an explorer, and he wanted to uh, cross the South Pole. But his ship got stuck pretty early on, and he and his crew suffered great uh, harsh conditions. One was hunger, the other was dehydration, another one was great fatigue. But they said the greatest, the greatest extreme condition they experienced was darkness. Because darkness is disorienting. Darkness brings fear. Darkness brings disillusionment. And these spectators live in this darkness. A darkness that descends on the earth. A darkness that Jesus himself goes into. A darkness that you and I also live in. When we live in unbelief. When we do not have God as our guiding light, when we do not have God as the light of our life, but instead choose the things of this world to follow and to lead us, we too live in this darkness. And just like these spectators, we will always be looking for a sign and sit in the seat of judgment and say, I'll decide whether this guy is the Messiah or not. The sad thing is that for these spectators, they couldn't see even if they wanted to. Because the only way that a blind person can see is they have to be healed by someone else. That's the second set of eyes we see in this passage. At the crucifixion, you see the soldier, the centurion, 
This hardened war man. This man who had been hardened by the Roman Empire and by the Roman army. This man whose job was to kill people by crucifixion. This man was an expert. He was an expert at death. Crucifixion was the most violent form of killing someone. Historically, there is no other violent way than to take a human, to pin them down on a wooden cross. Men holding arms and legs as other men took metal spikes and driving them into their forearms through flesh and bone and muscle. This man was an expert at that. He oversaw the killing of hundreds. He was surrounded by blood. He was surrounded by screaming. Can you imagine the screaming of those that were pinned down by nails to wood? The wailing of their loved ones as they watched them be crucified. The wailings of the people that perhaps these criminals had done bad things too. This man was surrounded by horrible things. This man lived a horrible life. This centurion lived in the hopelessness of this world. But not now. As he stands at the foot of the cross as he looks up at this man that he has just watched pinned to this wooden cross, he sees who this man is. The eyes of the soldier are the eyes of belief. As he sees Jesus, as he takes that last breath, and he says, surely this is the Son of God. Not maybe this is a son of God. Perhaps this guy is a good guy. He says, no, this, truly, truly, this is the son of God. I think what's interesting about this is he's looking in his face. He says he sees Jesus' face. That face is looking at him while another face is being turned away. The face of the father. As he looks into that face, he sees with eyes of belief. The spectators warn us that you can also be face-to-face with Jesus and never believe. You can spend your life coming to church, reading your Bible, doing all the right things, and you could never believe because you are always looking for a sign. The centurion reminds us, no matter how far you are gone, no matter how horrible your life is, is Jesus Christ can save you. There's another set of eyes here. The eyes of the seekers, these beautiful women who are standing at a distance, who are watching all of this happen to their beloved friend. These women have been following Jesus. Jesus has given them dignity. He's given them a purpose Among these women, we have three that are named Mary, Mary, and Salome. 
Mary Magdalene was a prostitute, a common whore, who Jesus Christ came to and healed her from seven demons that possessed her and pulled her out of a life of abuse, misuse, and possession. Mary and Salome were both relatives of Jesus. They watched Jesus grow up. And here they are, standing at a distance, watching this all go down. What eyes do they see this with? They see all of this happen with blurry eyes. All they know is that Jesus Christ was their friend. All they know is that he loved them and he cared for them. Maybe you're here this evening and you are like that seeker. Maybe you really want Jesus to be the savior of the world, but your eyes are blurry. Maybe you think, I don't know if this is right. This is true. Can he be who he says he is? There's a fourth set of eyes here, and it's the eyes of the savior, Jesus Christ. What is he looking at as he hangs on that cross? He is looking at one thing. He is looking at the glory of his father as he gathers his people. In Hebrews 12, verse 2, it says this, fix your eyes on Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of your faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross despising the shame, and now sits at the right hand of God the Father. What was Jesus Christ looking at? The joy set before him. What is that joy? You and me. Because he knew that in his death, in his rejection, in his mocking, in his torture, in his denial, all of the things that were going to happen to him, that he let happen to him, would mean now that many would come to glory. That's where his eyes were. They were on you. So this evening, where are your eyes? Are you the skeptic? The spectator? The one who wonders... Whether Jesus Christ is, is the one, and you'll determine that when you see the signs. Are you the centurion, the soldier, who sees with eyes of belief? Are you the seeker, the one who says, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief? My friends, fix your eyes on Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of your faith. The one who, because of the joy set before him, which is you and the glory of the Father, endures the cross, despising its shame, so that you can come to glory and be saved. And consider that as Jesus Christ breathes out his last breath, as he hangs on that cross, naked and humiliated, 
as he breathes his last, he says, awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and my light will shine on you. I'm going to read to us the burial of Christ. And then we're going to spend a few moments and reflect. And then I'm going to drop a book. When I drop it, it's going to make a very loud sound. And it's going to symbolize the closing of the tomb. And then you're going to get up and you're going to leave in silence. If you need to talk, whisper. And as you go, I want you to consider the cost of what Christ has done for you, what you have heard this evening, what he proclaims to you, which is salvation. And then I want you to remember that Sunday is coming. Okay, it's happening, all right. And when evening had come, since it was the day of preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council, who was also himself looking for the kingdom of God, took courage and went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate was surprised to hear that he should have already died. And some of the centurion, he asked him whether he was already dead. And when he learned from the centurion that he was dead, he granted the corpse to Joseph. And Joseph bought a linen shroud and taking him down, wrapped him in the linen shroud and laid him in a tomb that had been cut out of the rock. And he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. Reflect on those words. There's something very abrupt about the burial of Jesus. It's jarring. And that's what you're going to hear now. And then we're just going to leave. Because it's jarring. The death of Christ. But remember, as you go, consider the cost. And remember, Sunday is coming.